Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, which is celebrating its 25th year now in publication. And uh, in fact, uh, let's see, to this Sunday, yeah, this Sunday, there'll be a very special uh, segment on the CBS Sunday morning. <gasps> uh, and Ted Koppel... Uh, reported it, and he and I did an interview commemorating the 25 years. And of course, Ted Koppel is the reason indirectly that I got back together with my old professor, Maury Schwartz, because uh, if I had not seen him on the Nightline program, which Ted Koppel hosted back then, then I never would have known that he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, never would have gone to visit him the first time, let alone uh, all the times that followed. And so I owe a great deal to Ted. And when the 25th anniversary came around and we wanted to do a, a sort of feature piece uh, in the media, it just seemed like the logical place to do it was with Ted, who is now working for CBS Sunday Morning. And so yes. I have a nice relationship with them anyhow. And so uh, called him up and we put it together and the result will be this Sunday. I haven't seen it or anything, but I, I trust that in Ted's hands, it'll be a something memorable. And, and so uh, watch that this Sunday. Uh, I don't know what time it's on in your local markets, but I know it's on CBS because it's called CBS <laughs> Morning. And you know it's on in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I know it's on in the morning. I don't think it's an evening show. so Because it says uh, CBS Sunday Morning. Uh, but by the way, that's my favorite show on TV. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of people say that it's their favorite show. Uh, Jane Pauley does a wonderful job. She's a friend of mine. And Nancy Giles uh, also reports there. She's been down to Haiti. Uh, several times and um, friends of ours. So it's a good program. It's a good place to, ah, to do it. And hopefully uh, hopefully they'll include uh, some of the good segments of Maury and me talking, just as you'll hear every week here on Tuesday People, where you, uh, you use the segments uh, from our tape vault of Maury and the conversations <laughs> that we have with them when it's appropriate to talk about it. And um, I want to share something today that probably at first blush is going to sound a little odd given the segments that we normally do here. And I, I uh, was ne negligent in not introducing you, Lisa. Sorry, Lisa Goitz, my producer, good friend who's here and whose voice that you're hearing in, uh, in the background laughing along with me. So hopefully people know by now, right? It's 140. We're 143 episodes in maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I would think by, by this point, I would think most people kind of know who you are. But Yeah, but yeah, I'm superstitious. Yeah. I like when you introduce me. I, In fact, I don't even like to talk until I hear my introduction. But sometimes I have to interject just like <laughs> I did because I was like, ooh, CBS Sunday morning. That's my favorite show. So I have to sometimes talk. But sometimes if you see me just not saying anything, I feel like I haven't been welcomed yet. Mm -hmm, I'm superstitious. Mm -hmm. And I like well, when you say, 
my friend. That always makes me happy. Well, you know <laughs> that you're you know that you're welcome, and so uh, so. <laughs> What's going to sound a little strange is that today's uh, episode is going to be about food. Oh. Yeah. Now, you might say, well, what does food have to do with uh, anything having to do with what's really important in life once you know you're going to die, like uh, Maury did? Well, I can tell you that this this, uh, came to me because I went and saw the uh, play of Tuesdays with Maury, which which was something that I wrote 20 years ago. Obviously, I've seen it before, but it, it's doing a run here in Michigan. And I had a chance to go sit in the back and watch it. And I was reminded in the play, a big running theme is the food that I would bring Maury when I would come visit him. Now, I didn't, I've talked about food and Maury in the past in some of my explanations about when we first got to know one another, when I was, uh, getting to know Maury in, in college and spending time with him in college. After classes and, and office hours, one time he said, why don't you meet me in the cafeteria? We'll have lunch. And so uh, we sat down and we ate and Maury had an egg salad sandwich. And mm-hmm. he was talking to me with such enthusiasm about, you know, the things for my future. Don't worry about your grades and don't be like the pre-med students so worried about, you know, competition for grades or the pre-law students and how much money they're going to make. And, you know, follow your heart, follow your dreams. You know, all these wonderful, big advice, but sometimes he would forget to chew. And I would be Ah. sitting across from him (laughs) and little yellow projectiles would come flying out of his mouth. And, you know, I felt like a hockey goalie, like I had to kind of swat them away so that they (laughs) wouldn't hit me in the face. And this became a, a, a sort of beloved quirk of Maury's that I always noticed. And I wrote about it in Tuesdays with Maury that, that he wasn't a slob. He was just too full of life to chew. Too Who needs chewing, really? Yeah, Who needs you know, it? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it would be so much easier if we could just inhale it. And, <laughs> and, and he, was, he was kind of like that. And it became this favorite thing of ours. So when I first went to visit Maury, the very first time after I discovered that he had ALS, the first thing he said and when he greeted me in his wheelchair, which was outside on the curb, he said, come in, we'll eat something. So the very first time that I visited with him, we, we sat down and we ate. Now, it, at that point, he was already limited in his ability to eat certain foods. He couldn't obviously chew on like a steak or things like that. But even softer foods, he was having a, a hard time with. And I watched him try to cut up a tomato and try to put it in his mouth. And it was, uh, it was such a labored, such a labored attempt, you know, try to lift it up and his hand was shaking and lift it up again. His hand was shaking and it fell off his fork and he put it back in his mouth. And, and, uh, I think that act, Lisa, just kind of really brought it home to me for the very first time, how, how sick he was and how limited mm-hmm. he was. You know, you see people in wheelchairs, all right, you relate it to, accidents, injuries, and, you know, you hear people breathing hard, you relate that to asthma or other things. But when you're sitting really close to somebody and you're just watching them struggle with such a simple act of eating, I don't know, for me, it just really brought it home. And, and yet he loved to eat. And, and because it was the first thing that we did, when I came back the next week, 
I rented a car and I had noticed that the food that he had on the table was from this deli or co-op or something like that called Bread and Circus. It was a big Mm -hmm. kind of food place, you know, a food emporium for want of a Mm -hmm. better word. So it wasn't far from where he lived. And so I I found it on a map, no GPS back then. And (laughs) I, uh, I drove there and got a couple things that I knew he liked, like egg salad and things like that. Well, when I came in and I walked in and I said, uh, I got you something, you know, what did you get? I guess I got food. Oh, you know, he, oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, <laughs> this is great. He was, he was so happy yeah. that even though we, we ate a little bit of it, but, uh, you know, even though it was a big thing, I said, well, this, I know this makes him happy. And so it uh, started to become a thing with us. Yeah. And every, every Tuesday I would bring him food. And we even had, um, we even had a little you know, discussions about it, what'd you bring and what'd you get, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, here's one that I just found on one of the tapes. Listen. I bought you a ton of food. I bought you so much food now that Charlotte actually got, got a little upset with me. She said, you got to stop bringing this much food because we don't have enough room in the refrigerator for it. She said, nobody's eating it. It's true. But I bought you some, some soup and some uh, baba ganoush and some hummus uh, and all the, some soft stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. Some easy stuff to get down. Right. So, you know, right, you know you're yeah. into the puree. You're into right. the purees, you know. Right. It gets harder and harder mm. to eat the solid food because I'm not swallowing as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I eat a lot of soups. Which help in terms of not too much swallowing. So are they limiting you in terms of type of food that you can eat, like spicier or meat or? I can eat spicy. Or either. digestible or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I know what my limits are anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm limited to. You get, you get a hankering every now and then for a certain type of food that you haven't had in a while. Yeah. Like what? Tongue. Tongue? Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe it. That's what you get. Oh. <laughs> I hate that food. I can eat anything. That's disgusting. Well, I'm sorry. That's what you get a hankering for? Why don't you say like a, a, a pecan pie or uh, something like that? I have a hankering for that. God, tongue. You you just think that up as a joke, did you? <laughs> oh, I'm nauseous now. You're making me sick. How about knishes? Knishes. Well, all right, knishes. Okay. Yeah, take that. All right. I bought you some noodle cocoa. Can you still eat noodle yeah, cocoa? Yeah, but that has cheese in it. Cheese isn't good. It makes phlegm. Cheese makes phlegm. I can't make phlegm. Uh, I didn't know that cheese makes phlegm. Yeah, that's all right. Other people eat. You know what? I'm gonna have to go to the commode. Really? In the midst of all this. All this excitement is driving you, yeah. driving you right to the bathroom. Right. So, <laughs> Tongue. Ah. Yeah. my mom Tongue. used to eat that. Ah. Uh, that is something from a, a generations ago. I don't know anybody my age or younger who eats tongue. Uh, no. But, but uh, th- just lest anybody think that all of our conversations 
involved in Tuesdays with Maury were somehow meaningful, deep, you know, <laughs> got to talk about the most important things in life. There is proof positive that there was plenty of time spent talking about other things like food and phlegm. Yeah, but that's important in life. <laughs> that is important. Well, yeah, I guess so. But we weren't talking about its importance. <laughs> we were just talking about it. And <laughs> of, of the many quotes that people have pulled from Tuesdays with Maury, cheese makes phlegm is not going to be one of them. <laughs> no, but that should be a new one. I think we should. Too bad you already talked to Ted Koppel. You could have brought that yeah, up. Yeah, that cheese makes <laughs> phlegm. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so, and then he was so excited he had to go to the bathroom. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So the food thing uh, continued to be a, a kind of thing between us. And no matter what the weather and however bad it got as the winter kind of dawned and it would get these, you know, very cold and windy. And it, it didn't stop me from going to Bread and Circus and picking up food. However, you know, every time I would come in with the food, you know, it would be mid-morning. It wasn't really time to eat. And Maury would say, oh, thank you so much for bringing me the food. Just put it in the kitchen and Charlotte will take care of it. So I would. And then one time, probably you know, in the fall, down to the last four or five weeks of the time that Maury and I had together, uh, I had to go into the kitchen for something. I don't know what I was looking for. Uh, and I opened the freezer for some reason. And there in the freezer was all the food that I had been bringing Maury for week no. after week after week. Yeah. No. And yeah, yeah. And I came back out and I said, I just opened the freezer. And he said, yeah. And I think he realized what I was going to say. And I said, all the food that I've been bringing you every week, it's, it's just sitting in there in the freezer. He says, I know I haven't been able to eat it for weeks. and months. And I said, why didn't you tell me? And he said, because you got such joy out of bringing it. I didn't have the heart to tell you Aww. that I couldn't eat it. And I said, but I only bought it because I thought you were eating it. And in the, uh, in the play, we wrote this into the play and 
you know, when I say that and he says that and I say that and Maury says, well, this is a real O. Henry story, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> you know, because like, like I, I'll give you a, my, my, a, a braid for your hair and I'll give you my hair so I can. Get, yes. You know, that kind of thing. And uh, it, it turned into such a beautiful moment about good intentions and people just trying to trying to do nice things for one another that. I ended up putting it in the book and putting it in the play. And I, I realized as I watched that scene that food is a great equalizer for getting people to sort of relax into the important conversations about life. Oh, yes. I always, I always found it hard, for example, I, I've, ha- I've gone to some therapy in my life, not a lot. But a few different times in my life, I've sat down with a, a therapist, and I always find it hard to get started because mm-hmm. it feels like you're diving into a pool with your clothes on, you know, and yeah. start swimming, that kind of thing. You sit down, so how are you doing? You know, and I always would make so much small talk when I would yes. go to any therapy because I, I was really, I was warming up, basically. I was like, well, you okay, have to. Yeah. So how do you warm up for therapy? You talk. I mean, it's not like you. It's not like you go da 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 da. It's, it's not like right. there are exercises for therapy. So, how, the, what's the right way to warm up for therapy? You basically talk about smaller things, so that you can get up to the big things. And and I would kind of almost have a clock in my head. I don't know if you do this too, Lisa. A, a, as I was going on, like, all right, I, you know, have I talked long enough that it seems appropriate to, you know, begin to talk about what I'm actually here for. Oh, you know I, I do mean? the. You know how I do it? I'm like, oh crap! I just talked for three minutes. That's like forty two dollars. I better get on to my problems now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I I busted I busted you look up at the it dollars. Economically, okay. Yes, yeah. I look at the economics of the chat. I'm always like, hey, Helen, uh, how are you doing? Great. Has kids? Good. Good. Kids are good. Good. She's like, how's Teddy? Good. Anything. And then I'm like, okay, now it's time. Forty. We you just said about forty bucks. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't quite look at it by the dollar thing. I just, uh, I just sort of went by feel, and it did take some time before I felt that it was okay to kind of talk about it. And um, I think food between people. Now, don't label me trivial here. I, I'm being serious. I think food between people is a very good way to break down a lot of the barriers that people have about talking about important things. It's um, true. You know, it's a relaxer. It's, it's, it's a, it, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, uh, Native Americans would, would have meals and, 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 and festivities when things were going on and were important. It's, there's a reason that Eastern European families, you know, most of the big important stuff is always done around, around big meals. You know, Italians oh, yes. have big, long meals and things get discussed. The dinner table, at least in my upbringing, the dinner table was where everything got discussed. And, and of course, you started with the food and, uh, and, and sometimes you would just sit there eating dessert forever or munching oh, yeah. on, you know, extra cookies or as you got older coffee or whatever. What, what do people say when they want to talk about, come on, we'll have a cup of coffee. We'll talk about yes. it. There's always something sort of involved. Well, it's a lubricant of sorts. It's a, it, 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 it uh, for conversation, it makes people relaxed and, and uh, kind of reminds you of the shared humanity. I got to eat. You got to eat. I always find it easier to talk to somebody who's new to me when they start eating. 
it's like, okay, I'm watching them chew. You know, sometimes they chew a little funny or something like that. You know, they, they talk with their mouth open a little and say, okay, we're all human. You know, oh, he's got a little crumb on his mustache there. You know, we're, we're all human. We're, we're normal like that. And, and, and so food was like that for me and Maury. And I think food can be like that for you and, and, oh, for and, sure. and in, in, the, in the walks of life that you have. I think of several different examples that come to mind in my life uh, just recently. When I'm in Haiti and I'm with the kids, uh, we have these sessions where they're like uh, the young gentlemen's club or the young ladies club or whatever, where, you know, kind of budding teenagers, 14, 15, 16, they start. And we meet and we just talk about the issues of, you know, impending adulthood, uh, whatever that may be, you know, the opposite sex or, you know, college or responsibility or adolescence or you know, uh, uh, puberty and, you know, the physical things that come with it, the emotional things that come with it, all that. And every time we used to just start and sit down and talk. And I noticed that, you know, it took a long time for the kids to kind of warm up to the idea or whatever. So I started bringing out these uh, big uh, jars of nuts, you know, mixed nuts that we would keep down there. We'd bring down. And I just would put a little cup of it and start passing them around. And, and the kids would start eating while they were talking. And suddenly the conversation flowed much more smoothly. You know, there's something about like... Just over nuts. How about that? Yeah, yeah. there's something <laughs> about starting a sentence and putting something in your mouth. So anyhow, yeah. like that, it, 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 just, it just relaxes you. And it, yes. it, 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 it subliminally says to the other person, I'm eating, you're eating. I'm a person, you're a person. We both have to eat. Now let's, you know, find other common ground. Yeah, it's a little comfort too. You know what I mean? It just puts you in a comfortable space. The second example is something that we did here uh, in Detroit with the charities that we run here in Detroit. This was right after the summer of George Floyd and the police and citizens were at, 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 at tinder hooks. And, and especially here in Detroit, you know, there's big police presence. There are a lot of people who have been um, incarcerated and uh, certainly a large African-American population. Uh, although we also have a huge African-American police force. And I came up with this idea, and I have to say I thought maybe it was silly at the, at the time, but um, I, had gone, I had been invited to a thing once where it was in New York, and they were inviting people to attend like this dinner, but you couldn't say who you were. You had to attend the dinner, and nobody knew who anybody else was, and you couldn't huh. talk about what you did. But all you did was prepare the food and then you ate together. And then after you ate, people tried to sort of guess, you know, what it is that you did or something like that. And in the end, you sort of found out who everybody was. And I never went, but I always remember that. Oh, that's, kind of, that's kind of an interesting That idea. would have been fun. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, you're more into <laughs> evenings with strangers than I am. But I, I thought I, I got some people together and we had this guy who uh, we work with. His name is Daryl Woods. And he's a fantastic guy. And he was incarcerated for decades for a crime that he did not ultimately commit. And when, and when his sentence was commuted, after they finally realized he didn't commit it, instead of being bitter, he came out and he started working with, uh, you know, people out in the community and, and, and ex-cons and, and, and youth and everything, you know, doing everything right, doing everything, taking the, 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 the terrible thing that happened to him and turning it into a positive. And I said to him, what if we get people together, police and like kids, at-risk kids or former incarcerated people, but we don't tell them who's who. And every, we just invite them to a barbecue and they cook the food themselves. And then at the end, they can introduce themselves. 
And he said, I think we can make that work. And we did it for the first time. And it was really something to watch because we had this big grill out in the middle of the street. And, and this guy that we work with, Jack Arrington, was fantastic, bought all these meats and everything to grill. And it was just a, a crazy, good, crazy good barbecue. Yeah. And everybody was cooking up. And, you know, a lot of these guys were the same age. And, you know, they were they were 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, uh, and they were cooking. They're making jokes with one another. And uh, nobody really asked any questions because it was kind of a free meal, you know, so, yeah. and it was good yeah. meat. So finally at the, at the end, uh, Daryl stands up and he says, okay, uh, let's go around the, the table and just kind of say who we are and where we are. And, uh, he started deliberately with the, the, the guys who, you know, had, had been in, in jail and he said, well, I'm, I'm, my name's Joe, I'll say, you know, and I've been, you know, I've been out in the street for a little while. I was in, I was inside, as they say, inside, mm-hmm. you know, code word, but I was inside for a bit, but I'm trying to get my life together and this, that. Another guy, another guy. And then finally it came to the police who looked just like, you know, the people who were sitting at the table. Everybody relaxed. What do you do? And the guy stood up. He said, well, I work for the city. I said, oh, really? Uh, what do you do for the city? And he said, I'm a cop. And if you look, <gasps> What did the look, guys? <laughs> well, there were a couple of guys just like popped up as if they were going to go. And they said, no, 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 no. Sit down, sit down, sit down. And it turned out to be the greatest. We had like a two-hour bull session. And everybody was sharing their thoughts. And by the end, guys were hugging and, and, and exchanging phone numbers. Uh, a lot of the, 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 the kids and the former gang members, whatever, said, I never had a, a policeman's cell phone number, ever. I've never had it. And they were wow. giving out, hey, if there's ever anything, anything wrong, call me, call me. And it was all because they broke bread together. That's what, if wow. we tried to force that conversation, it never would have happened. So I realized that, that, that breaking bread and sharing food is a great way to break down your problems and get the things. So if you've got somebody you want to talk to, if you've got somebody in your life that you've got an issue with or something that's going on between you or a family member or a loved one, a friend, even an office worker, you could do worse than put some food between you. Ask what they like. Ask what kind of they like to drink and find some place where it's comfortable, where you've got a nice setting and start to share food before you talk. Like Maury and I would do the sandwiches yes. before we talked or get the food out before we talk. And then you get to the serious stuff and the meaty, the meaty stuff. After the meat, the meaty stuff. After the meat, that's the right. meaty stuff. <laughs> After the meat, the meaty stuff. So uh, that's my little piece of advice for today. Food, glorious food. Uh, there's a part in the play where when Maury asks me to come and visit him at the grave, at his grave, and he says, bring a blanket, bring some sandwiches and some food. And and in the play, my character says, wait a minute, you want me to uh, have a picnic at your tombstone? And Maury says, well, <laughs> you always bring food. And Mitch says, you never eat it. And Maury says, oh, well, I won't, right. eat it. I won't eat it then either. <laughs> that's true. And it's a very funny line and a very key moment in the, in the play. And so- That's um, great. <laughs> you know, I, I just find that food can be- can be a great equalizer. So try it. Try it. Next time you got a problem, something to share with somebody, put a little food between you and see if it makes a difference. We hope you enjoyed uh, this week's conversation. We do this every Tuesday. If you like what you hear, wetuesdaypeople.com on the web, and you can find out more about us and previous shows and chats, things like that. Until we uh, see you again, on behalf of my good friend, Lisa Goyd, who produces this program, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. 
Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.